Hey, Chris Manning from Lockdown Caps here. Coming up on today's show, Evan and I are going to talk about everything going on right now in the NBA in terms of the season resumption, some of the proposed formats that are out there. It's certainly going to be the big story around the league until we sort of get a more concrete idea of what this is all going to look like and, and obviously how the Cavs in it as well. We're also going to talk about Ante Zizic, who has been linked to a uh, Israeli club, Maccabi Tel Aviv, as his time with the Cavs is certainly coming to an end. And we get an idea of what will come for him next. That's all coming up today on Locked on Cavs, your daily-ish Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. And as always, we are sponsored by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. They have re-upped with us for the full year. So, shouts to Built Bar. Again, the best tasting protein bar ever. You are Locked on Cavaliers, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Cleveland Cavaliers select Darius Garland from Vanderbilt University. My, my, my. This calls the Kevin Love Show. Harry Irving, he's gone. Xbox at him today. At the kill. On the blow block. He put him in some boots. Colin Sexton for two. We're back here on Lockdown Cavs. Evan, what's up, buddy? How are you? Oh, you know, we were um, talking before we started recording, and I said it's a little bit of a struggle to just work in general after a long holiday weekend. It was it was nice to have a solid three days off of not really doing much of anything. Um, for those of you who live in Northeast Ohio, and for those of you who don't, we never experienced a spring this year, and summer is upon us. It broke about 90 degrees at one point today, and I'm already sick of it, because I felt like my lungs were going to collapse when I went to work out this morning, because of the humidity alone. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I feel the heat c- concerns. I went out running this morning, and um, was it was just very humid at like 8 o'clock. Um, it, we really did skip. It reminds me of, this happened something last year, too, where like around the same time, it just went right away to this kind of heat, and it's not great. But, yeah, no, it's hard to come back after the weekend. I mm-hmm. took uh, an extra day off Friday, just kind of for the weekend, kind of cleanse my brain a little bit. Got the cobwebs a little bit loose. Uh, there you go. You know, got to watch some, some as you would say, pasta being made. And watch I was going to ask, how, how was your pasta? So. Oh, it, you know, bittersweet today. Lost to Bayern. Uh, my guy, Erling Holland, Holland. Uh, seemed to have left some kind of injury, but they went over the weekend, and uh, it's still fun to watch live sports uh, and everything like that. But, Evan, I'm going to let you kind of pick your – where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the league stuff, or do you want to start with Ante? Where do you want to go? Well, before we get started, shouts out to Andre Drummond for the $1,000 tip. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Very cool on his part to do that. Um, it's nice to see uh, him, to, him to do these things and give back to those who may need him more than he does because – He's a multimillionaire, and people who are working in the restaurant industry really uh, are are being under underpaid and overworked right now, just with everything yes. going on. But hundred percent agree. To start things off, I'm trying to pull up Trevor's tweet because it made me chuckle. But um, let's just talk about Ante Zizek while I scroll through and yeah. how his time with Cleveland is likely at an end. Well, um, I think it's certainly at an end. Yeah, it's definitely at an end. You and I have talked about this for a while. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, before, as we continue shout-outs here, I just want to shout-out, I'm going to link it in the show notes, but Jackson Flickinger wrote a really good hiatus review on Colin Sexton for us. Neither you or I wanted to do it for the sword. Yeah. And he wrote it a really We're, good one. And, people uh, people so love Sexton opinion. so yeah, shouts to Jackson. 
overall 10 out of 10 good guy people should yes. give him a follow and uh listen to him more than us yes well no no, no, but... no. listen to listen to him more than they do the chase down there we go that's we a go. nice second okay. place all right anyways ante zizek um okay so he's here's, definitely here's the rundown in case world. people have not been made aware so he did not have his team option picked up earlier in the fall um ante according to israeli outlet one.co um maccabi tel aviv is interested in signing him for next season so ante 6'10, 23 year old has been with the Cavs since 2017 again he had his team option which is worth like just a couple million dollars and not pick up for next season mm-hmm. he maccabi is one of the top clubs in israel and for whatever reason for a variety of reasons i would say zizic's nba career just has not worked out obviously a part of the Kyrie Irving trade with the Boston Celtics again comes at a weird time I'm a, I am I think we'll we'll kind of maybe to dive into this if we kind of do more roster review stuff later into the summer um, especially with what might be coming for the Cavs here but you know I, I think he's a guy that I there's stuff he would do that I, I quite liked I think as a role uh, a kind of a roller to the rim I quite liked I thought he had some really nice skill and some some smoothness to his post to his post game you know longer than I think I realized but you know not limited I think by his athleticism um, and I think, frankly, just kind of was came in at a weird time. You know, he comes in in 2017. Him and Jetty Osmond don't really get to play very much that last LeBron year. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he kind of doesn't really get consistent minutes since then. And then this year, obviously, they acquire Andrew Drummond. But before that, this is a guy who dealt with plantar fasciitis at the beginning of the year and then got vertigo once he's coming back after he got donked in the head yeah. by Mason Plumley. So I feel for Ante. I think. You know, I think a move back to Europe where I know from talking to some people, I think he always has been more comfortable. Uh, never, He's kind of a very shy guy. I think he's always would be more comfortable kind of closer to his native Croatia. And I think Maccabi Tel Aviv seems like it's a, it's a place that makes sense for him. And I wouldn't rule out like a very long, productive European career for him. I wouldn't rule out a return to the NBA at some point either. But I, this is the kind of move when I think about where he would go after Cleveland that makes the most sense to me. Yeah. I... I wrote about Ante's season review on Fear the Sword. Um, for those of you who may not know, I'm taking a more expanded role with Chris and I at the helm of Fear the Sword going forward. But I kind of talked about how just Ante is a dinosaur. He is going extinct in terms of just NBA big men because he can't hit a prim. He can't. He's not a perimeter shooter. He's a traditional plotting big man. And sure, he's a big body. Maybe, just maybe, he could get. A possible end of bench or slight depth spot in the NBA, but it's not going to be with the Cavs going forward because I think, like you and I have alluded to a few times now, um, the Cavs not picking up his option was definitely a red flag and saying like his time's probably not much longer in Cleveland. But them trading for Andre Drummond and likely committing to Andre Drummond through next season and. Depending on what they do in the draft, they could go with Onyeka Nkongwu or another big man if they trade back, like Greg Swartz did when he was the fantasy GM for the Cavs. Um, Ante just kind of had a lot of the odds stacked against him, and it just seemed like it's not really a viable option for him to be with Cleveland much longer. Yeah, maybe he can stick with the NBA team, but like you said, he's probably homesick. He probably misses being back in Croatia or just in Europe, and with a Maccabi, he has a legitimate chance to make good money and actually carve out serious minutes and maybe he uses it as a point to help him relaunch himself back into the nba but yeah no his time in cleveland's done and it's kind of a shame because <clears throat> like you said it just seems like everything was going against ante his entire time this year at least <laughs> um and it's just it kind of sucks because always a nice guy super quiet like you said and um you just kind of feel bad you like you don't want to pity people you don't want to give people pity and make them feel like 
like losers or something but you just kind of feel bad because Ante never really got a chance to get going in Cleveland ever yeah I think if he comes in like a year later or in like a pure total rebuilding situation I wonder if he gets more run you know because I, I again I do think there, there are parts to his game I really like he, as you said is a dinosaur you know he's a guy that you can't you know, although his stuff out of the elbow was actually kind of interesting, it's not a guy, he's not someone that could pop out to shoot threes. He's not someone that could pop out to really stretch the defense in that way, and that's going to limit him, unfortunately. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 again, I wonder what's next for him. I, I do wonder if, you know, he just had nothing really break right for him with the Cavs, I think is just another part of this. Um, dr- the Drummond acquisition, not as much as the, I think the team option was like when we were like, okay, we know that, he's kind of done in Cleveland um certainly wasn't really in the team's plans this year but you know I don't think an unskilled player I think kind of an interesting player I I do think he'll probably do pretty good in Europe is kind of my guess Trevor who knows about European basketball way more than we do um certainly well none of it but I mean he came to the NBA gets drafted in the first round and before he comes to the Cavs um, really shine playing in the EuroLeague under David Blatt who called him baby Shaq as we've joked about several times in the show yeah and I, I think this is a guy that has skill that can be a productive player. It's just not going to work out for him here. And I, that's like, unfortunately the case for a lot of guys that have a lot of talent and are better than 99% of the populace that play basketball. And I, I think we got to remember that even though his career numbers are underwhelming, all that stuff, I think Ante is a skilled guy and just for whatever reason, it just didn't quite work out for him. Yeah. It's kind of interesting when you think about it though, that he could end up with Maccabi Tel Aviv, which is where David Black came from to join Cleveland. It's just kind of weird how, there's so many little links between just bits and pieces of the basketball world and the Cavaliers. It, <clears throat> they have a wide-casted net, <laughs> those Cavaliers. But, yeah, no, it's just, I feel, I I guess I just feel for Ante because, like you said, he's more skilled than 99% of the population on the earth, but he's just not skilled enough to stick in the NBA just because of his skill set. It's not really, there's not a lot you can say about it. Like, he's just, he's a traditional big man and, those really aren't needed or relevant in today's NBA and like maybe he'll pick up something going forward in EuroLeague play and maybe he can carve out a solid career there I mean Ari Stoudemire had second life in the EuroLeague play or Israeli league play and obviously a huge difference between Nante and Amari but this could be a good launching point for him maybe to help him just kind of regain confidence too because it feels like that's been absolutely decimated in his time with Cleveland because he barely saw the floor this year, especially when the Cavs yes. were ravaged by injuries. I mean, granted, he had some too, but like Zizek averaged, I think, 10 minutes per game this year, which is saying a lot for a team that's rebuilding and should be kicking the tires on any young prospect that they have available. Yeah, I, I, I think that's correct. Um, you know, obviously Drummond's future will say something, you know, maybe something crazy happens, he ends up somewhere else. I feel like the path for him to remain in the NBA is like, as you said, end of the bench guy or like two-way role, and he's definitely could go get much more money to go play. Oh, yeah. Why not? Why gamble on financial security when you could just go to your league play and make more money instead of a two-way deal, and then you have way more security And the fact that players like Zizek would have an easier time dominating your league play compared to uh and maybe look a little bit more like baby shack than he did before he came to the Cavs. yes i think that's great okay let's leave it there we're going to take a quick break come back and talk about more locked on Cavs. um again as always our podcast is brought to you by built bar the best tasting protein bar ever. Hey 
Hey guys, want to remind you about Built Bar. Built Bars are tasty. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They come in 16 amazing flavors, eight chocolate flavors that have nuts, eight chocolate nut-free flavors. They are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And again, these are the best tasting protein bars I've absolutely ever had. Mm. They're great for the health conscious guy. You can lose, maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. And I know Evan's a fan as well. Uh, yeah, I am. And I know I usually say I like the mint brownie, but I'm, I've become a fan of the coconut chocolate cream. It only has 110 yes. calories, 15 grams of protein, 6 grams of fiber, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of fat, which is pretty great. But also, the lemon meringue pie, pretty good stuff as well. It has 150 calories, 5 grams of fat, 18 total carbs, 16 grams dietary fiber, 8 sugar alcohols, and just so many good things in it. And like Chris said, it's a sweet treat that's just great for guys who want to stay in shape but you know treat themselves a little bit it's 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 rough out there during the quarantine and you want to be able to enjoy yourself yeah i had the banana nut one earlier banana nut bread one earlier today and just like again i had eaten lunch already had kind of gotten through my was getting ready to do my second workout after work and that was like my good little bridge gap snack to kind of keep me going get some really good protein get a little sugar in there but Mm -hmm. not have to eat too much or or you know eat something that i don't like i mean if you've been working if you work out played sports whatever i know you've eaten some crappy protein bars these are not that right now go to buildbar.com promo code locked on is going to get you ten dollars off your first order use promo code locked on for ten dollars off at buildbar.com all right we're back here evan we have two kind of big nba stories that have kind of started here when we're kind of outlining what's going on mm-hmm. um, the, i think the first one is just sort of that you we're going to start with uh, what you you kind of brought up, and we have been have a really good tweet thread that'll link below. But the NHL has announced that they're going to come back with 24 teams in mm-hmm. their playoff format. They're going to skip the regular season. Um, only two teams, according to the news story I read, have said they did not want to. This seems like Brent Winors has talked about this in his reporting. This seems like something that is on the table for the NBA. What do you what do you make of that? Because this would for for us. We, along with like teams like the Hawks, the Knicks, the Warriors, um, maybe we'll have to get link up with Brad Rowland and do like a, the longest, the longest uh, off season kind of Game <laughs> of Thrones, the longest night style thing. But like we're headed into thing. what could be a very long off season, and it's very possible the Cavs will not play any more basketball this year if they go to this format. What do you make of that? Um, we talked about this before we started recording a little bit. Just that my my gears have been spinning a little bit. So first off. It would be sick, at least for the city of Columbus, because they're being considered as a host site for the NHL, the proposed NHL playoff format if the NHL does return. But the NHL also has a lot more bubble team options. That's why they expanded to 24. If you look at the NBA, realistically, the four bubble teams are Portland, New Orleans, Sacramento, and San Antonio, with Sacramento and New Orleans being tied for the 12th worst, worst record in the league right now, and um, Portland just kind of being the outside looking in. Um, with Memphis in terms of playoff seating. So the way I thought about it, instead of expanding to 24 teams, the NBA goes 19-20, and um, Chris will talk more about this in a bit. They could do a group stage format a la soccer in the World Cup, which is something Adam Silver's talked about in the past wanting to do. And like I, I'm, As we joke about, I, I, I call uh, Chris's soccer league the pasta league, so I don't really want to sound like an idiot and ignorant talking about it, but like you could do... Uh, 
type of play-in situation maybe for those lower-seeded teams just to see who gets the honor of playing like Milwaukee or the Lakers or the Raptors or the Clippers first, however it shakes out. And then um, we also were talking about this too. It just kind of seems silly for teams like Golden State, Cleveland, Minnesota, Atlanta, Detroit, and so on to fly down to Orlando, play five, six games, and then just be done for the year. Like that just seems like counterintuitive. It seems dangerous because you're having the risk of exposing more people more players and then even in the Cavs sense and Chris and I will go on to this later on this week um, you have players like Larry Nance Jr. who has an autoimmune disease you have players like Matthew Delvadova who has a newborn child like you don't want to be exposing and risking them and risking their families to a pandemic that could kill them and um, yeah you just don't want to have to face any of those things so I think the best course of action I feel like this is what the NBA has kind of just been flirting with the entire time is calling the regular season i know it's going to kill the salary cap um but you head towards the playoffs and you kind of just get rid of conference alignment and then maybe have some interesting matchups like a possible option is brooklyn and the lakers and for god willing if kevin durant and kyrie irving are healthy like that'd be pretty interesting to watch lebron versus KD and kyrie in the first round would be a scary matchup for the lakers maybe but it would be fun at least yeah i i will say this from a Cavs from covering the Cavs perspective i you know i would like some games to cover Mm-hmm. Even remotely, that would be cool. The um, selfishly, yeah. Um, but here's here's I, I agree with you. The Larry Nance thing is real. He spoke about that to ESPN. The Delhi thing is real. Um, you know, I I don't know how much if like you're telling Andre Drummond he has to gear up to play three games. Like I don't know what that's going to be. Mm-hmm. I think if you're going to do this and like if all the teams are going to be involved in some way, I wonder if you have to like expand the rosters and like space it out that way Mm -hmm. and kind of like allow like Dean Wade to like actually be on the main roster and get paid a little more if you're going to do that Um, because the other part of this is that there's the local TV contracts to consider and do they have to get to 70 games can they work around that without kind of messing that up in some way I can guarantee you that Colin Sexton will be extremely bummed because like yesterday he posted waiting with a picture of him on the court and like a bunch of uh, periods just to kind of Stretch out that that guy really wants to get back and play basketball. He's the mm-hmm. one guy that I'm sure is just like, let's go. I want to play however many games. I so Here's I, I understand. It. Here's my proposal: Colin Sexton could dribble a ball between his legs or plate push from Cleveland to Atlanta and raise it for COVID relief. It's the same thing. So we're gonna get like the like the LeBron was gonna play for the Cowboys story. Like Colin, Colin was actually gonna go play strong safety for the Browns. You know what I could I could see him do, and then he'd be absolutely excellent at that role. And um, who am I to say what Colin Sexton can and can't do? Go ahead, Chris. The floor is still yours. <laughs> but so when I I was reading uh, Adrian Wojnarowski's story today, and here's what Travis Schlenk um, told Woj on wanting the Hawks to come back. Quote: Our guys are excited about the opportunity to get back to it. Mm-hmm. It is important for us. We're a young team, and because of injuries and some other things this season, we didn't get to see them all together. Clint says he's feeling better, and there's a possibility that we can get him back on the court. Practicing and pre- playing five games would be valuable for us. And then the next line in this is, Cleveland is eager to play too. Another young roster, another franchise that needs to show improvement of its young players. Mm-hmm. I think there is probably some enthusiasm. I'm sure it is not universal across the roster. At the very least, it is not going to be even across the roster. Mm-mm. But I would be a little surprised if no one wants to play, but I, I would understand if the NBA decides to opt against you know these teams playing you know i don't know i know steph curry was among on that superstars call that they had of like we want to continue playing you know i know dame lillard has said like if i'm gonna sit my bleep down on the bench if 
you know, we can't go to the playoffs. Shouts to Dame for just being the, the most real human being that that exists in the NBA. Oh, yeah. And that's, like, kind of what my proposal is. So Dame gets his wish and is allowed to play in the playoff situation. So it's not like everyone loses here. But go ahead. Right. So, so I, I, I'll just say this. I think, you know, if there is a way for everyone to get games, I think that's probably the, the easiest outcome if you can do it. Um Again, like I, I want to just like I understand all of the medical concerns with this. I understand all of the the concerns about bringing this back, coming back too fast. The argument that like if you can test players daily, why can't we test like everyone? Like I I, I fully am on board with those arguments. But if we're gonna also cover this practically, which mm-hmm. is I think part of our kind of job here, this is gonna happen, and we need to address it practically. And you know if if the league can do this and not have to test everyone as much because six teams don't get to go, and those six teams have no shot of winning a title anyway and it's not going to be a huge financial issue, then I can understand why they would go the route. And I think the format that we could see could be really interesting, especially to me if they don't stick to the typical conference stuff. Yeah, I guess like you said, and we'll talk about this more in the next segment, which is a good lead-up because I think we're about to wrap up here. Um, Mm -hmm. Conference rivalries are a little overrated, and if you really want to break it down... um, it's the NCAA is kind of a good example of this, where they had Aub or not Auburn, um, Alabama and LSU playing for the national title. I think um, the NBA's pipe dream would be to have the Clippers and the Lakers playing like a best of seven, and they could easily rig it in a situation so that the Clippers and the Lakers don't meet each other in this proposed like quarantine playoff uh, proposal. Um, that they don't play each other until it's like the game that means the most because that would just be killer for uh, league revenue if you had LeBron versus Kawhi and then there's like the Battle of LA and everything else. Like there's a lot of different things that you could do because like you can just kind of punt rivalries at this point. Like it's mostly just LeBron versus whoever's nipping at his heels when it well when it, at least when it mattered because last year kind of feels like a mulligan because the Raptors and the Warriors just it was a weird series overall, but. Yeah, no, that's just kind of where I'm at. I think it'd just be an interesting format. It's, a, it's definitely a fun thought exercise. You think like all the potential options out there, especially with what, the what hockey proposed today. Yeah, I, I think that's right. And I think, you know, we are heading towards some kind of resolution. We could be talking about it as soon as our, our next episode. Okay, one more break here. We'll come back to, on for this episode of Locked on Cavs right after this break. Let me tell you about the most useful app on my phone. It's hard to find the time to sit down and read and learn more. When you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development. There is an incredible app that solves this problem and I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. Chris, Blinkist is really really unique and it works on your phone, your tablet, or even your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Successful people, like business leaders, are well known for reading a lot of books. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that information right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute on your lunch break or while you exercise. 12 million people are using Blinkist right now and it has a massive and growing library. From self-help, business, health to history books, Blinkist has the latest titles from bestsellers lists as well as the classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read but never had time to. I like Blinkist because in less than 15 minutes, I feel like I can fast-track my path to a more intelligent, informed, and healthy me. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want and all for one low price. 
Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com NBA and try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. It's like the spelling bee. Blinkist.com NBA to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com NBA. All right, we're back here on Lockdown Cavs. Evan, okay, so we're going to switch to my domain here, which is going to be my interest in pasta is really going to serve us well here. When I for, say for group context, stage, real you, quick, folks, I did text Chris when he's talking about this, and I sent him the sleeping emoji and just said soccer. So, And I sent him the middle finger emoji. <laughs> Sorry, I keep stealing your floor. Go ahead. No, it's fine. But I, I this this has been a rough – There's been a, it was a rough text between Evan and I – we're not going to get into it, but I accidentally <laughs> called him Big Cat because I called people Big Cat in high school, and Chris and I are friends. And then I forgot that there's a certain someone from a certain platform that is uh, toxic and a detriment to society that should be nuked from orbit, um, <laughs> who goes by Big Cat. And Chris took offense to it, so there. yeah, I called him PFP. There we go. His name. I wish you, I wish I could do the Laura Wagner thing and like say his name because he gets really mad when that happens, but I can't remember it because I don't want to store that information in my brain. We're okay, an but... news network. We don't name the terrorists we just move yes, on yes, 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 yes. so when i say group stage what does that like what what does that mean to you as like a non-soccer person um i mean i watched olympic basketball and they do a similar format where you have four teams and the top two teams from each group and moves on to actual like yes. bracket okay. play so i understand the gist of it i just don't understand how soccer does it because it's it's it's, it's roughly the same okay so here's here's where I think when Adam Silver talks about wanting to, to being jealous of soccer on some stage and stuff like that, he's basically saying we want to create more engagement. We're trying to make the NBA as something that we can have people talking about as much as possible, all that stuff. This is a path to that because it is another thing that we can tweet about, that you and I can talk about. Like, if there's a draw and the Cavs are in it, we would spend a podcast being like, okay, like, they ended up in this pool, and, like, they're with the Lakers, the okay. Celtics, and the Pistons. Like, okay, how, do, what are the chances the Cavs can, like, get out of this? In that instance, there's, they like, a 0% chance. They third place. Yes. Um, but that that is kind of what it goes into, and I think it plays in – I think one reason that I like it is – and I like the idea of it is – I, again, as we said in the previous segment, we are both of the opinion that these sort of conference playoff rivalries are overrated. I just want to see, like, how these teams would navigate it. I think it's, it creates more fresh matchups. It creates more unpredictability. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, 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 the strategies will be a little bit different. Now, the, the points how this would work, I haven't read enough into that because, like, in soccer you can have draws and, like, that gets you one point. There's a little stuff that I want to see how it played. I think the FIBA would have – it would probably be very, very similar if not exactly the same – as what FIBA would do. Now, here here's where I think this is the one thing that I'm I don't know how I feel about it yet. Mm-hmm. I understand if people are going to be weird about them tinkering right now and like using this as an excuse to just do a bunch of stuff. Um, I I think like more I think for the average person if you go to like I don't have like polling on this obviously but I would I would bet that like if you reseeded one to sixteen regardless of conference like that would be an easier sell to your average person than like doing this kind of group mm-hmm. play type of thing. Mm-hmm. But when Kevin, I read Kevin, the Kevin O'Connor piece that I, I will link below in the show notes about this. And 
I kind of don't hate it. Like, I think if you get these different groups, you kind of see how these things play out and have every team play each other, and then the bracket goes from there. I think that could be really, really interesting. Um, it creates different fresh matchups. It creates, like, just kind of some unpredictability to all of this and kind of um, the logistics of it would be much more challenging, certainly, I think, in a normal year. Mm-hmm. But if you have it in this circumstance, like, this is the time to do it. And, again, when you think about this, I don't think there there's going to be something weird with this title anyway because we're in the middle of a freaking global pandemic. If you were yes. worried about putting an asterisk on, like, a title because of this, like, you're kind of – we've already passed that. Like, we're beyond that. Um, I think if you do this, I think it could be really interesting. I would like to know more. I'd like to know kind of how you would do it. I think the tiers of how Kevin kind of wrote about it at the ringer makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I don't think it's the worst idea in the world, and I think it could be fun. It allows more teams to be included. Obviously, this kind of cuts the Cavs and other teams out of it, but I, I think there's something interesting about this idea, particularly when there is not the logistical issue of, like, if you put, like, for example, in one group, um, and this kind of draw that he did, it's like Clippers, Nuggets, Pacers, Nets, Kings. So, like, all of these teams have to play each other twice. There's less of a logistical issue if you're playing, like, the normal home-and-home home or whatever of, like, the like even though private jets take away a lot of this yada yada, there's less, like, cross-country flying and stuff if you're all kind of quarantined together in a little bubble. Yeah, that's makes a lot of sense if you do that. And then I guess if you do this format, it sticks, but it opens up a lot of avenues because then you could really just say, like, you could do this. Um, maybe it's, like, NBA All-Star. Like, the host city also hosts the NBA playoffs and championship. Like, that would be kind of neat. But, I mean, like, that's another revenue option as well and also helps smaller market teams. And teams like Cleveland, who host All-Star in two years, to you know get a little cup a little extra skrill a couple extra greenbacks you know for being a bad team and not making the playoffs but the Cavs will be a playoff team by then so i don't want to get too far ahead of myself um yeah no i just the problem is like you said i think it's just really hard for the casual fan who maybe like me is ignorant with soccer but like i understand the premise of it enough because i follow sports closely but um to a true casual fan just saying like listen we're gonna liquefy both conferences and just seed them one through 16 and um just kind of roll with the punches there and see what happens like that's a lot easier to sell to somebody especially during such a hectic and chaotic time instead of just introducing a completely like revolutionary new change but i don't know maybe this is also something that you explore and tool around with and um or if it doesn't work you try this format with the g league like adam silver in the nba does with a lot of rule proposals see if it works and if it sticks and it works out okay then you kind of roll it out to its beta phase or not maybe it's not its beta phase but it's like pre final phases with the nba and just kind of figure out what happens there but i don't know it'd be a fun format for sure like you said like if you had two good teams like denver and the clippers and then you put two bad teams and um i already forget what koc proposed but like let's just say it's like i don't know detroit and not detroit um let's say like orlando and portland like you put those four in there just based on record alone like there's some interesting enough matchups, and I feel like Portland at least would be make it a little bit more interesting. But like more so, like we said, playoff rivalries really are kind of a thing of the past. It's not really like, or maybe this has always been an NBA thing. If you really think about it, because it's always either Bird versus Magic back in like the '70s and '80s, and then you had Michael Jordan versus the Pistons, and then Michael Jordan versus everybody, and then um, just a little bit of a gap period. And then LeBron came in, and then once LeBron actually became like a force and was making consecutive NBA Finals, it was just basically whoever LeBron was playing. So it was like 
LeBron versus San Antonio, and then LeBron versus Golden State, and just things like that. So it's just a lot of interesting, compelling narratives. But yeah, no, it's just kind of more. It's more so not team-based rivalries. It's more so player-based rivalries. And I still think you'd be able to get those just based on elimination play. And I don't know. It just there's a lot of different what-if variables as well, and like who you can and can't include include because you're gonna upset somebody if they're not included in this proposed format. I feel like this is like an all-or-nothing kind of thing too. Yeah, I one other part of this that I would love is if they could do um, let the uh, let the teams draft who they're gonna play like in their group. I love that, and, and like the group of death thing in soccer is like I know like some teams will be like, oh my god, could you get like the Bucks and then like for the best team in every group and like really push them at the beginning? Like you know what, if you're gonna win the title, like you're gonna beat these teams anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, That's like true. I, I'm, I just I want to see this kind of stuff. I want to see. Uh, look, I, I, I understand the hand-wringing. You don't want to change what isn't broken. The NBA playoffs are some of the very best sports you can get. This could be really fun. Um, it will make the first The other part of this that least. I just want to, again, remind people is that like when Adam Silver wants to do this, this is just you have more NBA events. You, wanna, you could do a whole ESPN show based on this. Mm-hmm. That is kind of what you're looking at here in terms of getting something. Um, you're getting a thing that you can have us talk in Twitter about. We'll do podcasts about. Like, this is just another way to get more engagement that, you know, will not only because not only would you be previewing like one matchup, you're going to preview all these other teams and and all like it's just kind of more chaotic in some Mm -hmm. ways. And the rhythm of it would be very different and all that stuff. I get that this is this would be a very seismic change if it happens anyway. But um, that could be really interesting. I I just don't know. I don't know what this is going to happen. We'll see in the coming days. But that, yeah. I I'm I'm intrigued by it in a way. A lot of people I respect on Twitter don't seem to be. Um, I guess I'm just indifferent on it. I think maybe you just don't you eliminate conferences this year, and then maybe you propose like a radical change next year and go forward with that. Like maybe you do take baby steps on this one, just so we can get back to sports without having to do like all these complicated things because there's going to be plenty of complications with the fact that they're going to be playing at Disney in in Orlando instead of at their home arenas or at their practice facilities as quote-unquote neutral sites or whatever but yeah like you said right i have an idea in the coming days i have heard and read that the nba is kind of giving itself a hard deadline of the beginning of june which is weird to think is next week um i'm looking at my calendar right now and i'm just kind of like having a little bit of shock wondering where may went but we're gonna have an idea of what the nba is gonna do next and i think the nhl making their announcement of their playoff plans kind of puts the squeeze on the NBA to kind of figure out a plan sooner instead of later. So maybe we have an idea by this week. Who knows? I'm not going to really say anything is certain, but I feel like we're going to have an idea of what's going to happen next and kind of where we go from here after that. Yeah. And I'll just say too, in terms of like, if you want to look at this from a fan perspective, once people get used to it, I find that getting um following along with like where you're like you it becomes like a must tune in thing to care when you're like when your team like for me like in in soccer i'm a tottenham fan and a in a Borussia Dortmund fan so a german team uh the latter english team the former when like they're in the champions league or the europa league and you want to see what other teams are going to play and you're wondering like okay can they navigate this and how hard will it be for them to navigate this it is really interesting um once you kind of get used to it so i'm, I'm all for it Evan, any final thoughts as we get out of here? Um, as a newly minted Bayern Munich fan, because they're the most successful team in um, Bayern. Bayern, whatever, I'm going to forget them as soon as we're done recording. But um, if you want me to be completely honest. Um, well, they, they beat they beat in the day, so it's tough. It's tough for Thor and the Asgardians for them to suffer a loss to my, uh, my munchins. So, um, 
as we head out, I'm kind of looking forward to basketball being back. Uh, I don't know. Did you watch the Lance Armstrong documentary, Chris? I, I've, no, I've just seen the thing of him flicking off people. That's the only thing I've seen from it. So the context of that was that wasn't him flicking off anyone because I thought it was him being a – for context, I used to really like Lance Armstrong. I thought his title – his story was really, like, compelling, the fact that he had, like, a 2% chance to live and he fought back and, you know um, – I stuck my fingers in my ears and went la 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 when people told me he was a cheater, but then he's just, he seems like a massive douchebag now. Um, that's just a context of a fan or a quote unquote fan meeting him in the streets. And then like a group of people started yelling, fuck you at him. So then he knew the owner of the restaurant where the people were yelling at him and he called him and said like, listen, here's my credit card information. Let me buy everybody's dinner and drinks. And, um, but you have to walk out and tell them that Lance did this and that he loves you. And I'm like, uh, okay. So, um, no, it's a, it's a good documentary. And I do think it's a good format going forward for ESPN to do these uncensored docs. And, um, well, it's just, you know, maybe it's a new thing for 30 or 30 to do 30 for 30 dealing with liars with Lance Armstrong and Michael Jordan, because we found out Michael Jordan's a big fat liar today, Chris. And I know we're crunched for time here, but I'm not surprised. Are you? No. Not at all. No, neither am I. He controlled the narrative from the beginning for this entire 10-hour documentary, and Tom Brady won't. Tom Brady will just be humble and um, make everybody love him more than he already they already do. And Chris is wearing a Buccaneers hat, so I can say that he loves Tom Brady too. So, well, my dad's a, my dad was an original Tampa Bay Buccaneers season ticket holder. That's why I have this hat. Sure, sure, sure. You just you're just joining the Tampa Bay bandwagon. That's all. I understand. I understand. He's gonna carry my team in dynasty this year. No big deal. But how about you, buddy? How what are your final thoughts? Um, how um, how how's your uh fo- how's your f- footy ball? How's it? How's that going? Well, you know, Dortmund lost. That was not optimal for me. Dortmund um, or Gold's okay beer. So I understand that. Yes, yes. Dortmund lost to Bayern Munich in the uh, the biggest game in in domestic soccer. Um, in Germany, so that, that the league race is kind of over there, which isn't great. But you know, Dortmund's still very good. You is got your CG team Arena. Borussia Dortmund, Borussia Bar- Bar- Dortmund? Well, Borussia Dortmund. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having so much fun butchering these names. Go ahead. Yeah, so. This is wonderful. German is hard. Like I've mispronounced them a lot. Um, and, like some of them, I hear them say them in the promos for games. I'm just like, what? Um, and I say this to someone who watches the Bundesliga like a decent amount. Um, I also would say, like, if you're, I'm very happy to know that Atlanta's coming back. They confirm that. Go watch Atlanta, you cowards. Oh, is it? Like, I missed that. Yeah, they, they tweeted it. Like, and Dave officially got renewed as well, which good for Dave. Well, they got LeBron um, endorsing it. I feel like. Um, yeah, well, that, that was that was the lock. Yeah. Um, I would also say, if you are looking for a show that is, especially if you like the movie The Favorite, uh, which came out, like, I think two years ago, um, there's a show called The Great on Netflix that is really good. Yeah, that is actually pretty good. I was checking that out. But, Nicholas Holt is a riot mm-hmm, on that show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Huzzah! Huzzah! But also speaking of huzzah, Uncut Gems is on Netflix too. If you haven't watched it yet, just what are you doing with your life? Like, I love watching the hot takes. People saying it's overrated, but like, just go watch it and form your own opinion on it. Chris and I think very highly of it. But it, yeah, um, Evan, I'll tell you after we record here, after we finish up the the story of me watching that movie with two seven year olds next to me in the theater and seven how awkward or seven D. What? Seven or seventy? Oh, seventy. I would say like a, that's, like a married a... couple in their mid seventies. Oh boy, it's like yeah. I'd say seven. Would have been worse for the seven year old to be honest. That's true. I don't know. Like, yeah, that seven year old wouldn't even know who Kevin. That seven year old wouldn't even know who Kevin Garnett was. So who cares? <laughs> well, 
There, there's other things in the movie that they would have not done well with. But that's going to be it for today's show. Thanks again for listening. Uh, check out the whole Lockdown Network. We'll be back tomorrow and Friday. Book Club on Friday. Get those freaking book reports into us, and we'll talk to you soon. Go, guys. <laughs>